And welcome back to the Prospect League Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. We're talking to Brennan Mihalik. He's the GM of the Johnstown Mill Rats. And we're also talking to Parker Lynn, the field manager. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. We uh, appreciate you having us on. Got back late last night from, from Chillicothe for a, a two-game series at about 2.30 in the morning. So doing as good as we can. Oh, yeah, I'm doing good here. Just kind of unwinding from uh, an extended weekend after opening night and getting ready to hit the field tomorrow. Now, I know that the Johnstown Mill Rats are new to the Prospect League. Um, I am not familiar with Johnstown. I'm not familiar with Johnstown baseball. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about Johnstown and its connections to baseball? Uh, for those of us who are not in the area, I'm from Missouri. I've never been to Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania. So uh, could you tell a little bit about the baseball in your history? Yeah, absolutely. Johnstown has a very long history with baseball. The stadium that we play in originally opened on July 25th of 1926. Wow. So we'll be celebrating 95 years uh, this season of baseball at the point. Uh, there have been a number of semi-professional uh, professional and affiliated teams throughout the years. The uh, major team was the Johnstown Johnnies. They had been around for decades at various levels, and two of their alumni are actually in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And more recently, in the late 90s to early 2000s, there were the Johnstown Steel and the Johnnies again of the Frontier League, who actually had a rivalry with the Chillicothe Paints at the time. So we get to renew a little bit of an old uh, division rivalry with, with the Paints again. So that's a pretty cool connection to have coming into this. Uh, there's been the Triple ABA World Series, uh, which is a collegiate amateur uh, baseball tournament that happens every year, the first week of August. It's This year, it's bringing in its first team from Canada to participate, which is really exciting. So we're happy to be sharing a home field with that tournament. And really, just it's it's a great baseball town. Now, the name Mill Rats, is that uh, connected with the town or the area there? Yes, it is. So Johnstown is an old steel town going back into the late 1800s, and a Mill Rat eventually became a name that was associated with the steel mill workers. Whenever they would come out of the mills, everybody would say, look at the mill rats coming out. So whenever we did a name the team contest, somebody suggested the name mill rats. And it seems like everybody in this area, if they weren't a mill rat themselves, then somebody in their family was. So they really kind of embraced that name, got behind it. And when we did the voting for the five final names that we put out, the mill rats ran away with 75% of the popular vote. Uh, so we're we're really excited that the community embraced that, and we have an opportunity to really represent the blue-collar spirit of the town and kind of pay a little tribute to the people who really built this country. I love that. That's a, a great thing to be connected to the community base like that, especially with the name that they can get behind, uh, almost like an Americana type thing. I love that. Now, Parker, you're the field manager. Um, they talked about the field being dated back to the 1920s. Is there any... Uh, complications with having a modern baseball game on that old field? Did you have to fix it up, or was there anything, you know, any renovations you had to get ready for? No, not not necessarily any renovations. For the majority of the field, it's an AstroTurf um, surface with a dirt mound. Um, but the, the field itself, in terms of the dimensions, are very interesting. Um, we like to call it basically a Fenway Park comp. So it's 290 down the left field line with about probably a 70-foot um, green monster. Now the green monster only goes probably about 40 or 50 feet. Hmm. And then from the 50 feet, there's about a 20 foot screen, um, that combines to make that green monster. So the, the green wall goes up about 50 feet and the screen goes 20 feet above that for about 70 feet. So we call it the screen monster. That's it's funny. A little replica of, of Fenway park. And then if you go down the right field line, it's also 290 down the right field, right field line with a, a pesky foul pole, just like Fenway park. 
and then it jets out to about 415 to to right center field. So it's it's literally a Fenway Park comp. So there really wasn't too many renovations that had to be done. It's just there was a couple days where when we got our guys in a little bit early to go through some workouts, there were just some um, familiarities we had to go through with our guys in terms of, you know, playing the ball off the wall, playing it off the screen. Um, and just kind of getting used to the dimensions of the ballpark. Right. I know, I think the sliders have a field that's dated back to the 1920s with that turtle back, which is another very interesting, uh, a field, you know, with that, that in raised, uh, infield there that's almost was a two or three feet higher than the outfield, which is incredible. Right. So it's very cool to see these old fields getting, you know, that, that have been literally been played on for a hundred years, getting playing time again, you know. Um, how did Johnstown get involved with the prospect league since it has such a rich baseball background? Well, when our ownership was looking at putting a new team somewhere in the league, they ended up looking at Johnstown and seeing that there was a really nice stadium that would be fitting for a team and that the community was a little bit underserved for summertime entertainment. So it was just really a good fit. And then you take the baseball history and that there's even still a local collegiate league and a high school that plays at the field and really just baseball starting to come back in our area. Uh, So it was just really kind of a, I want to say, a no-brainer for them to look at putting something into Johnstown. And then the city administration and a lot of the community leaders just absolutely loved the idea, and everybody came together to – work with the ownership and with Dennis and the prospect league to help make this a reality. Yeah. It seems the baseball is really ramped up here within the last couple of years. I know I'm in the collecting hobby and baseball is extremely hot right now, along with basketball and soccer baseball. You cannot find product anywhere on the shelves. And it's been like that for almost a year now, since about last June. And I, I hope that the fans are trickling over into these, these parks like this because it's such a, it's a, it's a, almost a rejuvenization of baseball. You know, there for a while it seemed like baseball was kind of dying out. But you have such a brand-new found, uh, uh, almost like it's a brand-new sport again with so many people coming into it. I know uh, Chillicothe has 3,500 people there pretty much almost every game, it seems like, which is an amazing number for minor league baseball. Is Johnstown seeing, uh, you know, a rejuvenization of baseball in that town? You said that, you know, we know it's an old field and it's getting used again. Are we seeing a lot of people interested about baseball in that area? Yeah, absolutely. And I think two of the things that really help, uh, like you had referenced with with collecting, it's suddenly cool to collect baseball again, uh, similar to it was, you know, when I was a kid, the late 80s, early 90s, everybody collected. And it's like that now. And you see all of these celebrities, whether it's, you know, the YouTube celebrity or the athletes themselves collecting, that gets kids interested again. Uh, So that's really helping to grow the game at that level. And we also, with the Prospect League, we're not just bringing baseball, but we're bringing an entire show around the game. And that's something else that's really helping people get interested because maybe they weren't a baseball fan before, but now they're coming to the game, they're bringing their families, bringing their kids, and they're having just a blast in the stands. And they relate that fun to baseball. Now they're interested. And the kids are wanting to hopefully grow up and be a mill rat themselves and, and hit our field. So that's really what we're trying to do is make that connection. The people are responding really well. And, they're, they're, yeah, they're just very excited about the game being uh, back in town at this kind of level. You, you mentioned uh, being in the, the late, the early, you know, the 80s and early 90s with that baseball boom. It's really, we're seeing that again. And I hope we're not on a bubble. However, I can relate. I've got kids and I've got a daughter that's seven years old and she's opening packs with me now. And I see her excitement with this and she's asking about baseball. 
And she's asking, hey, when can we go to the Cape Catfish games since we're in that area? You know, it's really nice seeing these young kids uh, getting involved in baseball again because, like I said there for a while, I don't want to say it was dying out, but the interest in baseball was slipping with these other sports. And we see the Prospect League growing. And I, I said that Johnstown, this was their first year in the Prospect League. Um, what can we expect from Johnstown and joining the Prospect League? Is there any difficulties uh, since you you are the furthest east, I believe, in the league? I'm the furthest west in my area. So we're on opposite sides of the United States, it seems like. But is there any uh, anything you have to overcome with being so far out in the east or uh, being so new to the Prospect League? Well, on our end with, uh, you know, running the show on the the stadium side of things, really it's we've got a rabid fan base. Uh, from day one, the crowd was so into the game, it was a great atmosphere. And our fans like to travel. So being so far away from some of the other teams in the league, uh, there's a little bit of a hurdle that maybe our fans aren't going to make as many road games, uh, but they'll certainly make up for it at home. And it's not a problem for us, but for some of the other teams coming in, uh, it is that fan base. They're very loud, they're very passionate, and they're going to let the visiting team hear that. Uh, so we've got a really great home field advantage. And uh, Parker can certainly touch on may- maybe some of the difficulties with making some of those long bus trips, especially with you know stringing a few series together on the way out to Lafayette. Yeah, I think from, from a, a field manager and team perspective, um, there, there are some challenges, but there are also some bright spots to it. And some of those challenges being obviously, like Brendan said, you know, long bus rides being the farthest team east. That's, that's obvious to us. We just went to Chillicothe, which was about a four hour and 45 minute bus ride. And it was the first road trip of the year. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it takes some getting used to, you know, you're leaving at a decent time, you know, nine in the morning, you're, you're spending all day on the bus, you get to the hotel, check in for 45 minutes, you get changed, you head to the field and then boom, it hits you. It's game time. So um, it's it's a little bit of a wake up call for the guys, especially getting back two thirty, you know, in the morning last night. Thankfully, we had the off day today, but I think the bright spots are that the majority of our roster in Johnstown are, are young, hungry freshmen, sophomores that maybe have gotten a little bit of playing time in their college season, but they're young and they're hungry and they want to get all the playing time in the world this summer. So they're almost blind to that as being somewhat of concern that the outsider would look at it as being. You know, you look at it as a concern, saying, "Oh my gosh, you guys have." you know, a five-hour bus ride to Champion City and seven to Lafayette. But these kids, are they're blinded. They don't see that as being an issue. They see it as being, you know, an opportunity to be young and hungry and experience something new and ultimately see if, you know, moving on to the minor league ranks is something that they're fit for. Now with the bus rides being seven hours long, are you worried about some of the players maybe um, sitting on that bus a little too long and having to overstretch or anything like that? No, like Brennan said, whenever we head out to Lafayette, we're, we're stopping in Champion City on the way and then, and then heading out to Lafayette for a three-game series and then stopping at, at Champion City on the way back. So it's nice to be able to have that trip broken up a little bit. Um, but regardless, I mean, we have five games and six days all on the road. So that's that's really going to be a – and to see what they're made of. And, and by that point, we'll have uh, basically our full roster um, after guys reporting from their postseason college play. So – um, it's it's going to put our guys to the test early. Let's see what you're made of. We've got five games, six days all on the road. Let's see what you're made of. So um, I, I think it's going to be a really good challenge for our guys to ultimately see what they're made of and, and see what we can get out of them this summer. What are some of the things that you get the guys ready for, um, you know, in, in, the, in the prospect league itself? I know it's kind of like a, not necessarily a minor league, but it's the next step to it. Is there something that you're teaching the guys to get ready for, or is it like pre-draft? Uh, what are you – what do you – 
What are you instilling into the guys and hoping to teach them to make it to the next level? Well, for the majority of our guys, like I said, they're, they're young, but we do have some older guys that have been through it before. And I think the, the biggest thing we saw on this past road trip was these guys are excited to play. Like I said, they're antsy and these road trips are waiting around all day. You know, we, we got to the, the hotel, um, we checked in and we had about three hours for game time. So we're hanging out at the hotel. We play the game, go back to the hotel, wake up at nine, 10 o'clock and we don't play again until six o'clock. So we're sitting in the hotel all day from, you know, the time they wake up at 9, 10 a.m. until we leave for the ballpark at 3. And I think it's important to instill in these guys that pa- patience is, is big. Patience is key. Um, you know, if you can be patient while waiting for the game, if you can be patient during the game, ultimately you're going to be successful in the long run. I think you got to teach these kids to not press too hard, not be too anxious, because, you know, it's something as simple as doing that while waiting in a hotel room and seeing it, um, you know, change over into the game, it's ultimately going to help them during the game on the field as well. So not necessarily anything, you know, in-game. These guys have been playing the game for however long, it, you know, their lives, however long they've been playing it in their lives. It's just really a management standpoint of making sure that they're mentally prepared, they're mentally locked in whenever that game time does come around because they've been sitting waiting all day. Now, I know we had the COVID um, issue this past year, and um, – I I personally have noticed that in the in the major leagues, we've had a ton of injuries this year. Is that something we might have to be kind of cautious with this year with the players? I don't know if some of them have set out this past year. I don't know how many of them have uh, attended college in between that time and played. Um, what are you doing to make sure that our guys are – in the best shape that they can be so that they're not injured? Yeah, it's definitely something to, to be concerned about in a positive way. Um, majority of our guys have played a college season. We have two kids from Yale where the Ivy League obviously didn't play um, any spring sports this year. But the guys that did play, even the majority of college seasons were cut back. I know NCAA Division One was cut back from 56 to 50 games. And I know some Division Two conferences only played in conference. So I mean, that takes Division Two all the way from, from, you know, 48 to 50 games to about 30 to 32 games. So I know some of these guys weren't getting the full workload that they're used to in the past due to the COVID pandemic. But with that said, we need to make sure as managers and, and my coaching staff that we ease these guys back into it. So, for instance, you know, we all of our starters that threw, we obviously have the 95-inning pitch limit. We didn't want to push any of our starters up to that point. I don't, I'm not sure if we had any of our starters creep up into the low 90s um, this week. And then even with our bullpen guys, just making sure that we're checking with them every inning to make sure that their arms feeling good. They feel like they can go out and get one more if they need to shut it down, shut it down. We're also giving them ample amount of time in between days rest to make sure that they're taking care of their arms and getting their arms and bodies back into con- condition to be able to play. Because some of the guys that we've had, um, that, you know, were only playing conference and maybe got knocked out or didn't make it, you know, opening day, they didn't play for two or three weeks prior. So I think the biggest thing that our coaching staff did this, these first three games was really just make sure we ease our guys into that situation, get their bodies back to where they need to be to be able to compete on a consistent basis. Now we had all the COVID restrictions and, um, and things happening, you know, still going on. Is there anything that the team is doing in particular to make sure everybody stays healthy and safe uh, during this time, I know that we're going all over the place, you know, and in buses and whatnot. Is there anything they're doing in particular? Yeah, we're just making sure, you know, obviously, basically, we're we're in our own little pod, being together all the time. Um, we all live in the, you know, the same area, and and you know, we're in the hotels together. But we are making sure our guys are wearing masks whenever we're stopping at a rest stop when we check into a hotel, um, and basically being as courteous and safe as we possibly can while still following all the COVID nineteen protocols. I know some areas loosened up a little bit, but. That doesn't mean we loosen up a little bit. We want to make sure that 
we're doing the right thing on our end to be able to stay safe, not only in Johnstown, but throughout the entire prospect league. So, that we can have a safe and successful season throughout the prospect league. Well, that's great to hear, especially you know in such a, uh, a different time. I don't. I mean, I'm 30 years old. I've never known anything like it has been the last year and a half. And I know, especially for sports, it's extremely hard. They have to put these regulations on guys. I can't imagine playing a game at all on the field in the middle of summer with a mask on. It just. It, I. I personally. I, I can't. I can't do that. I don't believe. Right. Most guys yeah, probably can't. Game. During the game, obviously, our guys don't have them on, but just about any other time, um, we make sure they do have them on simply because we don't want one specific team or one specific player to ruin it for everyone. That would just be um, you know, a, a tragedy that we wouldn't have to go through. So we're making sure on our end that we, we go through all the protocols necessary to stay safe. Right. Uh, are there any players in particular that you're seeing uh, that are standing out? I know we had several guys from a couple of teams hit – multiple home runs over the last couple of days. Is anybody from Johnstown just sticking out to you to think, man, that guy's really got something going on right now? You know, it's it's this is always a question that I like to take uh, with, with a grain of salt because it's always difficult to pinpoint one specific guy or two specific guys just because it's, every win's a team effort, every loss is a team effort. Everyone has a role on any given day, and it's it's that player's job and duty to carry out that role the best they can. But, you know, after after three games, just looking at, our starting lineup, you know, one to nine, we're solid. Um, and, you know, I think uh, in our two spot, DJ Alexander, he's a, a center fielder from Lincoln Memorial University, Division Two in Tennessee. Um, he's he's a, a legit, he's a 5'10", 200-pound um, absolute monster in center field for us. Legit, he runs a legit 6'6", 60. He's got some speed. He can really read the ball off the bat in the outfield. He's made, I think, maybe two or three catches in the gap laying out that I didn't think anyone was going to get to. Um, and then he's also got some pop. He, he put a, a double off our, our left field screen monster on opening night, really got the fans going. I think he's going to be someone that's going to be a spark plug early in our lineup. Um, and then looking right after him at our three spot, Nick Hess, big left-handed hitter from Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Um, he's a, a fifth-year senior guy. He's a guy that's got a lot of college ABs under his belt, but hopefully he's going to be able to go off this summer to maybe, you know, at the end of summer, halfway through the summer, sign with – you know, a free agent as a, as a free agent with some, some big league teams or ind- independent league teams. I think he's going to be able to, uh, to really come around. Um, and then Bobby Lane, freshman from, from University of Cincinnati, um, same thing, lefty stick in our lineup, outfielder. Um, he's young, obviously, freshman. Um, and uh, I, think, I think he's, uh, by the end of the summer, he's going to be someone to look out for going into the fall and next spring in, in the college ranks. But like I said, you know, I love our roster. I love our our lineup. I could go on and on and on about everyone else in it, and uh, it's been it's been a fun three games, and we're looking forward to get back on the field tomorrow. You know, it's funny. I was doing some research research on the prospect league through some of the old rosters from uh, years ago, and from what I had found, it seemed about that almost two to three guys from every single team every single year are drafted eventually, which is actually a really good number for the prospect league itself. When you think about it, we had a guy today that signed with the St. Louis Cardinals who played for Clinton Lumber Kings in 2013. Now, they were a minor league affiliate at the time. However, they are a prospect league team. Right. So the, the chances of seeing somebody, when you go to the park, become a major leaguer or eventually get drafted is a very high chance. We had two guys debut this year that played for, I believe, Chillicothe and the Sliders, Nick Matone for the Phillies, and then we had Ronnie Dawson for the Astros. And it's an ama- that's an exciting thing to see these homegrown players eventually make it to the major leagues. Absolutely, and, and even to touch on that, um, last night in Chillicothe, before the game started, I had a major league scout just come right in the dugout, walk up to me, introduce himself, and, and ask who he needs to look for. I that's mean, awesome. That's, that's, 
three three games into the summer, we already got major league scouts just popping in the dugout saying, "Who do I need to watch?" I That's mean, awesome. It's incredible. it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand the, the the scope of the prospect league. I think a lot of people still look at it as like an amateur, uh, like an almost American Legion type thing, and it's really not. We're we're I don't want to say you're grooming, but these teams are are making way for the next batch of major leaguers. We have guys like Ben Zobrist who are, are on the uh, the prospect league. We had guys like Sean Manea for the A's that were prospect leaguers. That's major guys that are you know major major leaguers. You know. Right. Right. Just to uh, kind of introduce people of Johnstown to the league, uh, we have a great example. Uh, this is, you know, Western PA is Pirates country. One of their breakout players this year, JT, JT Brubaker, uh, he's a prospect league alumnus. He played, uh, you know, most recently with Champion City. So when people ask me, so what is the prospect league? And I let them know these are guys who are hungry. They're playing for a future uh, to get into professional baseball, and that's the first name I throw at them because there's a lot of recognition in our area because he's really breaking out as a star with with the Pirates who maybe aren't quite as good as they used to be before. So <laughs> exactly make that relation, you know. And I had forgotten that Brubaker was a prospect leaguer. You know, there's there's a list. Of, I think there's a list of 150 guys, and me and Jacob, the the media guy, we're going through that list and trying to update it. And because I, I know there's more guys who have you know, either been drafted or have debuted since then, since the list has been updated. It's, it's mind blowing to me new to, I'm new to the prospect league, to be honest. I've only been with the prospect league about, you know, a couple months or so. And I'm discovering these guys. And I think a lot of people who are listening don't realize the scope of what the prospect league leads into for these guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Brennan, uh, could you give us maybe a look out for, or an outlook for the Johnstown team? What are you expecting? What can we expect uh, and just put Johnstown kind of like on the map for us with the Prospect League, if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what we're really aiming to do is bring a summer product that Johnstown hasn't ever seen before. Uh, they've had a lot of great baseball over the years, and that goes back to 1927. Babe Ruth and the Murders Road Yankees played an exhibition game against the Johnnies in, at Point Stadium. And we had a few Negro League games over the years. Uh, one game had Josh Gibson, uh, Cole Papa Bell, and there, there were a total of eight future Hall of Famers that played there. Wow. So it's a, a really rich history that we have, and we want to be the next chapter, not just of great baseball, but bring the, the full-blown family fun experience so that we can really just give the kids and families a new option in the summer. They can come out, they can enjoy the ball game. And then as we do that, I think there's a ripple effect that goes into the sports side of it where Johnstown suddenly becomes a place where people want to go to play baseball. And that's going to help us uh, recruit players in the future. Uh, but just by putting Johnstown on the map with our, our fan base, it's going to be exciting for people to come because let, let's be honest, these guys want to play in front of people. And I'm a little biased because I am a Johnstown native, but I think there's no better city than Johnstown. When you get those fans on your side, it will be an unparalleled atmosphere in the ballpark. I love the history behind it. I mean, I, I was a history major and an anthropology major and a historic preservation major, so I'm all about history and seeing these, these teams that have such a rich history and ball fields that are 100 years old that are still being played on. It blows my mind that, that that's, it's active history. It really is. And I think, you know, with your position with Johnstown, it's preserving that history and making history as well that, that further generations can look back on and say, hey, I remember that Johnstown Mill Rats team from 2021. You know, they were really, really good. It's, it's, yeah, absolutely. 
you know, making history is a major thing that I like to put to get across for a lot of teams and a lot of uh, people that I talk to. Because when I look back on my area, we had a Class D league for the Cardinals in uh, in Carruthersville. There's like no record of it. There's one photo, and like there's absolutely no history whatsoever. Nobody thought to keep it. So that's what we can do as a prospect league in general is to preserve our current history, whether or not we think it's history or not. But it is. It's current history that's going on. The, the Prospect League has gone back to the CICL for the last 50, well, 60 years. And it's current history, and I, I like to look at it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that about wraps it up with me. If you would like to add anything or plug anything for Johnstown, you, uh, Parker, or Brennan. Yeah, I'm just, just really appreciative of everything the Prospect League has done to be able to, to bring baseball back to Johnstown and um, really appreciative of, of Brennan, our GM, and everything that the front office and ownership has been doing to so far make the experience in Johnstown great. We're really just looking forward to continuing that tradition. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really exciting to be a part of the Prospect League uh, with you know just the history they have of putting guys in the majors. That gets me excited that hopefully some of the guys from this team in three to four years, I'll be watching them on TV on Mondays when I'm off because I'm working the other six days of the summer. <laughs> and uh, I really want to thank Parker and, and the rest of the coaches. They've been phenomenal. And Parker is really the dream candidate for his position uh, from a GM's perspective because he came right into it from day one talking about recruiting guys from around Pennsylvania so now we have families and friends coming in. Uh, it's helping us create more of an economic impact in our area and creating a stronger community tie. And he's also uh, very conscious about marketing and what, what summer baseball should be. Uh, so it's really nice to have a guy in the dugout who kind of gets the business side of it too. And I think we're, we're making for a pretty good team so far. So hats off to you, Parker. Appreciate that. Thank you. And I appreciate both of you coming on today. I think I'm going to have to make it as a 16-hour road trip and go see that 100-year-old stadium that the Mill Rats play. <laughs> well, we'll save a seat for you. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on, guys. All Thanks right, for thank having you. us.